This is RebelNet Radio with your host, T.E. Parker and Joe Spilatro. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of RebelNet Radio. Special holiday fun break time edition. Joe, how was your Christmas? It was good. Not bad. You know, how about you? Was it bomb? Isn't that the way you described it to me earlier? It was bomb? It was bomb diggity. Yeah? Yeah, you know. A lot of work. Yeah, tell me about that it. That type of thing. How how uh, many things did, have you constructed today? Constructed? Yeah, put together. How I, many toys have you... Lots in my mind. My wrists are sore from all the screws and all that kind of crap. Are you sure that's what it's oh, from? Yeah. The yeah. screws? Yeah. The screws. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, not bad having sore wrists. At least you have a nice, calm, clear throat to be throwing out some nice... Why, why isn't yours clear? Yeah, too many bingo yells. Okay. <laughs> hey, so welcome, everybody. Uh, this is our post-non-conference edition. Headed I, in. I, I'd rather call it a pre-conference condition. Oh, uh, pre-conference. Yeah, yeah, pre-conference edition. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we slash it? We could slash it, but since nobody's out of conference really mattered, That's a good it, point. It, it comes down to pretty much conference. That's a good point. This year, the Mountain West um, pretty much fell flat on its face in regards to the entire non-conference portion of their schedule, and uh, that was culminated this past week with New Mexico just getting blasted by three mediocre teams in a row. Uh, The Auburn game with the Lobos was a little bit close first game, and then just absolutely destroyed the next two against BYU, which is fair, and and Washington State, which is probably going to finish dead last in the Pac-12, was not uh, well represented, finishing last in the Diamond Head Classic, which generally has a much, much weaker field than, say, the... Maui the Maui, yeah. We we've played in the Diamond Head a couple times. Yeah, it's we've played the championship. I think twice. We beat Virginia Tech one year, I believe. No, we that was Didn't in we? the the one in LA. Oh, okay. The seventy sixth uh, Yeah, like and then I think we, we played, lost uh, to USC. We did. We lost to USC in, in, in it, it's the, a competitive field. Head. It's not it's not a marquee no, name it's a, tournament. It's lower competitive tier, though. but good teams. Yeah, everybody's you know. pretty much clumped together. It, well, not this year because Oklahoma was so much better than everybody else. Right. We actually played in this tournament when, when Kruger was here. Yeah. And um, he had know, more success this time around. He obviously likes going to the islands. And this time he took care of business down there. Oh, yeah. He's got a nice little team. That yeah. Buddy Heald is something else. Uh, but. Nice cast of role players. Uh, we'll we'll stick with the Mountain West here and Joe. Right now, uh, it's it's a lot of teams that and it's different than we've seen in, in years previous. Um, it's a bunch of teams that really nobody stands out. And I even asked both Ben Carter and Dave Rice that question after the game the other night. Um, you know, with with no real standout teams in the league. How do you feel about your position? They both said, you know, obviously Ben was a little bit more affirmative, but mm-hmm. uh, said he felt really good about where they're at and and where they're going to be in conference. You know, the Mountain West Conference, I think every year once you head into it, about five or six teams 
feel like they could contend for the title, even even if it's a little bit unrealistic, but you have a couple of teams that are really good but not invincible. Right. You know, there's a couple teams where you think, yeah, if we play well, we can beat them. And this year it's so different because you probably still have, you know, four or five teams that believe they could win it, but not not because they have to play well to do it. It's can we not the people above us are going to play poorly. It's like that there's no really strong resume. UNLV has the strongest resume heading in to conference play. But um I mean UNLV's not infallible, but either is Boise, but it's it's just a very 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 mediocre conference at this point. I don't know that it'll change. I think it'll change more than what people think uh, uh, in reading RebelNet, you know, a lot of people are already counting New Mexico out, San Diego State out, and mm-hmm. I've watched this league for too long to count those schools out at this point. I don't know that they'll solve their issues that they have, and they have a multitude. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they'll solve them, but I, I wouldn't call them dead in the water just yet because, you know, they have some history. They, they've got talent. They've got coaches that – you know they've been through this before. The players may not have been through it before, but the coaches have. And I, I just I, I'm not going to count anybody out for dead. Besides, you know, uh, somebody like San Jose, who's won as many games as almost anybody else in conference so far. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it is not a good league this year. No. Um, when San Diego State goes down and drops a couple notches. In New Mexico isn't what they once were. Um, really, nobody nobody really picked it up. Thought maybe Boise and UNLV would be able to do so. Uh, UNLV's had their opportunities. Like if they would have won at Wichita and then come home and, and beaten Arizona State, I think even one of, one of those games puts UNLV in in prime position, very good position, and close to the top twenty five. Yeah. Um, after the game the other night. Um, Against South Dakota, coach kept using the term nationally relevant. We are nationally relevant. I don't know if we are yet or not. I mean, I know people take a look at us and tweet about us and that type of thing, but uh, does anybody fear playing the Rebels yet? Does anybody think um, we're closer to that that next step right now? I'm not sure. Um, from a national standpoint, I think regionally, uh, people are certainly respective of us and and think we can cause some damage and win this league. And uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. UNLV's had probably more talent than any other program in this in the league since its inception, and we've won it once. Two thousand. Yep. Tied. BYU. No. Tied with Utah. And then beat BYU, BYU in the, in the championship. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Um, you know, so does having talent and, and the best roster mean anything? Uh, if you look at UNLV historically, it hasn't. So I know one thing. This league is ripe for the pickings. Mm-hmm. If they cannot get it done this year, that's going to be disappointing. Yeah, but but everybody else has got to feel the same way. I agree with you. UNLV's got more talent than anybody else in the league. Top to bottom, especially to bottom, since UNLV is so deep compared to these other teams. But I don't think UNLV's thrown a scare into anybody to where they're going to come in intimidated and thinking they they cannot beat the Rebels. I think every team on the Rebel schedule they're going to legitimately think that they can beat the Rebels just based on past performance. Yep. 
um, if it gives them that confidence to do so, I mean, that's just one hurdle that as rebels that you gotta, you, you've got to clear, you got to prove that you're not the same as before. Um, I think the rebels will be up to task, um, have concerns heading into the conference season, but I think for once, I think everybody else has even more concerns heading into the conference season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that New Mexico can't dribble and the fact that San Diego state can't score and doesn't defend really well. And um, Colorado State lost their best player, their be their top scorer. Uh, Nevada's... They lost A.J. West. They lost A.J. West. They're in a world of hurt. Wyoming, their roster is a shell of what it was last year when they made that nice little run in the Mountain West tournament. Um, Boise's tough, but they can shoot their way into a game and right out of a game. Mm -hmm. So... Fres Fresno's a wild card, I think, I, out of all the teams. I think this first game's really big, and I'm kind of glad we're playing Fresno first at uh, home because it'll have our attention. Yeah, and, 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 and hopefully and it's sneak up on us. And hopefully it's it's a tone-setting type of game for what we're going to see in the conference, and the Rebels come out strong because they should be one. They're going to be one of the top four, I would think, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um but you know the UNLV, I believe, and Fresno, they've they've had a few common opponents, have they not? And it's tough. They 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 lost at Arizona. They lost by thirteen at Arizona. They lost About to Cal. The same as us. They lost to Cal Poly. Which we were right there to losing to Cal Poly. Were we? Well, we won by two. Was it a two point game? Yeah. Jeez. First game of the year. My lord, and let's see somebody else. Oh, and they lost. They lost by five to Oregon, at Oregon. Mm -hmm. So there was a difference. Right. But some common opponents, and Unilever's fared better than and, Fresno. And common opponents mean nothing. It's no, but when, when there's more of them, it's a, it's a little bit better than saying one person we beat them by twelve, you lost by one, so we're better than you. When, right. When you got you know three in common, but the thing is they have strong guard play. Fresno, they're not front court heavy and. UNLV struggled a little bit um, defensively on the perimeter at times this mm -hmm. season. And, you know, college basketball is a guards game. So you know, they're, they're going to have a chance. It's it's going to be a good game. I th they're going to be amped up because Fresno's going to want to come out. Fresno's got a lot of confident players, they, they, they do. what scares and, me. And, and the thing is, I mean, if they go on the road and they beat UNLV to start off the season, I mean, that – Puts them in a very early driver's seat, but a driver's seat nonetheless, mm -hmm. to where people are starting to play catch up to them. Yeah, I, I think right now playing the best ball in the league is the three teams of Boise, Fresno, and UNLV. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And uh, and and that's just because I mean, San Diego State's crap the bed. Obviously, what are they seven and six? And yeah. New Mexico with the three in a row. I mean, they're automatically out of the conversation for playing well heading into the conference season. I don't know what's going on at Colorado State. Did you see um, some of the things going Verano's on there? Verano's tweets. And, yeah, yeah, Verano just Verano. really blasted uh, Stacy, And it's it just seems like – and then, then you see the beat reporters. And that this tends to happen. We know that. We live in Vegas. You know, somebody will jump on something and then they'll ride it out. But it was – you know, there was, I, I think it was, who's the, Stevens. was it Matt Stevens? Yeah. He, he wrote a kind of a. Disparaging. A, yeah, pretty disparaging for uh, you, Stacey. Is. I, actually, you want to know the truth? For those that didn't read it, I didn't find it that disparaging. It, it just kind of said that, he, you know, he's an old school coach and these are new school players and sometimes they don't mix. And I don't have a problem with old school 
coaches per se. I, I kind of like it, but it is tough to make things work um, if you're not flexible, I think. And so he blasted Colorado State pretty good, I'd say, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit. At least you Stacy, you know, talking about some disassociation there and he might not be able to get the team back and things of that nature. So like you said to you, it's, it's wide open. Mount, I'll tell you what, the Mountain West Conference tournament is going to be crazy this year because the the way I'm looking at it, it may be a, I, I doubt it'll be a one bid league, but the less bids you have, obviously the more important that Mount West tournament becomes. And this looks like a year where it's going to be close to the all-time low. I think one year there was only one Mountain West mm -hmm. team that made it. But I, I don't see that this league yeah, will the, get more than two. RPI right now sits yeah. at 10. And we're a lot closer to 13 and 14 than we are to nine. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I mean. And it's not going to, it's not like it's. No, it's done. I mean, yeah. we got three non-conference games left, and I think they're all cake games. So Yeah. Uh, Mount West played a lot of those cake games this year. It looks like they needed to play a few more. Yeah, pretty disappointing with uh, with the way everybody performs. It, just a, one or two extra mid-range wins by every, UNLV against Arizona State. You know, those types of wins you got to have as a conference. Mm -hmm. And when you can't get them and you don't pull them off, especially at home, that's, that's, a, that's, the, that's the deal where... You know, like you said last, uh, right after we played that game, a lot of damage was done in terms of we finally filled up the arena a little bit and getting closer to a sellout. And, right. And, uh, and with everybody talking about, you know, maybe UNLV is, is turning the corner and that type of thing and uh, have a really good first half and then just lay a complete egg. And it, it, it sucked a lot of <clears throat> energy and and wind out of uh, out of the fans that were there that night, and um, yeah, it was just it was just an overall disappointing evening. Um, that UNLV is going to have to win ten games to make up for that one. Pretty much, it was it was about as bad as a twenty minutes. I don't know. Did we talk about that game on our last podcast? I don't believe mm -hmm. so. The Arizona State game. The second half was about is is bad as I've seen UNLV play in any one half. And what's ironic is that I thought they played pretty tough and focused in the first half. So I did not expect a, a complete 180. Maybe maybe not keep it up quite as much as you did in the first half. You might lose a little something, but to be a complete 180 and end up dropping the game by double digits. Yeah, it, it was definitely disheartening to just watch it because you started you just started to feel good about the team. A couple ranked wins, a good showing in Wichita at Wichita, even though you dropped it. Yeah, um, really poorly officiated game, and one that UNLV. I think they were down by two with twenty or thirty seconds left. So you, you give yourself a chance in that game, and, and you're feeling pretty good. And then you see something that just resembles God. I don't know. It was just awful with Arizona State. So yeah, UNLV's got to build things back up. Um, was really happy with the way they played last game, not just because they hit 18 three-pointers. Anytime you hit 18 three-pointers in a game, uh, shooting over 50%, yeah, you're going you're, you're, you're to win and you're going to look good doing it. But it was their most complete game of the year, yeah. offensively and defensively. It was, it was the confidence. It was the sharing of the ball. It was, you but, know. Yeah, those assists were 28 assists, I believe. Right. Which is just incredible. Yeah. 
and it, it, against not a not a good team, but it was it was an average team in yeah. South Dakota. I mean, they had some players that, that they shot came the ball well and, too, and, and fought and and gave us a little bit of a game, and uh, especially the fact that we picked picked each other up and uh, without Stephen in there, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's another big key, obviously, Stephen. Um, no one got in foul trouble. No one was reaching. I mean, uh, a fantastically officiated game. Yeah, it was. It had a it, nice flow to it. it great was, flow. It was really good. Not and, too many whistles blown, and, and it just went back and forth. And I, the fans really enjoyed it, and it was a good show. It was it was an enjoyable game. I'm actually concerned about uh, the way we play perimeter defense right now. Everybody except Jerome um, really doing the whole reach-around deal that just gets you absolutely burnt, and then Big's getting foul trouble. Big's getting foul trouble because you know Stephen and Ben try and guard the rim, and they give up offensive rebounds because of that. Mm-hmm. It's it just it's it's a ripple effect when when you get beat off the dribble, yeah, on the and, perimeter. And uh, you know I know Pat gets a lot of praise for the steals that he gets, but he's better getting the steals when he's. In front of his man, rather than the whole reach. Yeah, I've ideal. seen too many of those. It's not. It's he, not a good play. He keeps play. doing that for some reason. Who's it remind you of? Uh, Marcus Banks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Marcus would get a few of those a game, and they'd be spectacular. But he, when he missed, it was the whole just, defense breaks down. Yeah, it's horrible. And um, you know, Arizona State with their quickness from that guard position in that second half. Oh, Trey Holder just... Uh, after they spent the whole first half, it, it was a well-designed game by Bobby Hurley. I hate to say that, but it was because in the first half, they continued to hit back doors on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went completely away from that offensive strategy in the second half to just straight attacking mm-hmm. off the dribble. And um, where in the first half, they were patient and and tried to do a lot of cuts and with screens behind. Um in second half, they went to the high ball screen, and and you know UNLV had no answer for it. And once Arizona State got confident, it, they just it, it was a snowball. It, it just I almost rolling. wish, in retrospect, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. In retrospect, I wish Savon Goodman would have played. Yeah, to tell you the truth, for sure. Just because he's uh, he'll do great or he'll implode. Right. You know, and I mean, people say, well, how many offensive rebounds? But and then. That that's not the point here. The point was their offensive strategy was probably more sound mm-hmm. because he wasn't on the floor. Yeah, and um, you know it. It is what it is. They they got hot and they they just we couldn't make a field goal. No, nah, Mister, that that was part of it that was difficult because UNLV they really missed. Uh, I'd say a lot of shots from seven foot in in that particular game. Um, anytime it came. <sighs> Ike airballing three. Yeah. Steven missing two footers. It just was just a it was just a rough game across the board. It was one of those games where you look up at the Rebels and you said, Who played well? And you you, you couldn't find anybody. Come on, the first half everybody. And then uh, second half nobody. And it was weird because you don't expect this team to have that type of issue because they got so many guys. Mm-hmm. And and guys, you think can, you could find the right combination yeah. of people to get on the floor to do something? Yeah, guys that can get it done. And if one's not doing it, probably someone else. Jordan had a couple shots in that game that kind of sparked just in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but that beyond that, 
I mean, it was it was rough. But it, that's just one game. I just it stinks that it happened when there's a big crowd there and people were pretty amped and people were feeling pretty good and then all of a sudden, oh no, fire Dave Rice. Well, that's that's gonna happen but, after I any mean, loss. That, that's the that's the typical fan that isn't a diehard or anything. It's just mm. um they see the team perform like that. That's the first thing that comes to their mind. You know, it's the coach's fault. Well, guess what? Uh, UNLV had a lot of wide-open shots in that second half and didn't make any of them. So that's not really on the coaches. Um, no, we're in the day and age where if you win, it's a great coaching job. If you lose, it's a horrible coaching job. Right. And um, people are ready to jump on throats. After Did he outcoach Dana Altman? He, yeah, yeah. Do, do we say he's he's a better coach than Altman? Yeah, because, I mean, I mean UNLV won, you know. It, it, is he better than Miller? Or no, they're equal now, right? Right. Or no, wait, Sean Miller's a little bit better because UNLV lost against them three years ago. Good point. You, you know, so it, to me it's a – usually it comes down to execution, carrying out the game plan, maintaining focus and and poise, and usually that comes down to the players. Of course, you recruit the players, but um, I brought up a point today. Um, I don't know if you read it, T, that um, if you take your starters and you add up their number of years' experience on the same team – I don't care whether they're three-star kids, four-star kids. Just add up the years. You're going to find success with the teams that have more teen-year sure. experience. It, it, they, they could be from the Summit League. They could be, sure. for, they could be from the, the Pac-12. It doesn't matter. because and, and I think that's – watch a lot of basketball. Watch the Kentucky-Louisville game today. Watch the ending of that, and it was so disgusting. Awful. Two, two Awful. top 15 teams. At with least that's so what much talent with a ton of talent, and both of them. If you were going to say it was no idea what fault, they were doing, it, if you're going to say if you're going to blame wins on coaching and losses on coaching, both coaches look like they should have been at the YMCA. I mean, right. we know that's not true. Kentucky had a shot clock violation, another where they had to take a three pointer uh, that just hit the backboard. Louisville's three point attempt to tie the game after a timeout was absolutely, absolutely awful. And I, I could promise you, I wasn't in the huddles. The coaches didn't drop any of those plays that way. No, it, it, so, was, it was really, so, really yeah, bad. Every, every team's going to want to fire the coach after a loss. Um, you know, that's that comes with the territory. That's part of being paid as a head coach, and ultimately, you're responsible for the results on the floor. So, you know, I, I thought uh, Winks put out some a bunch of uh, tweets and that type of thing within the past three or four weeks. Uh, but the one that really hit home to me was the one where he said, it's so hard for coaches to be able to get any continuity with new teams every year. And that's and, that's and, across the nation. But that's really been the case it, it's, with Rice. Absolutely. I mean, this is the first year that we've had anybody come back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> Dwayne, Daquan Cook's the only four-year player in our program. Right. And Daquan... How many games has he started? Not many. No, probably about five or six. If that. I mean, and that was early in his career. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you need you need to have that togetherness and, and people building the foundation and then setting up the culture. And uh, I'm really glad that um, we're going to have some people coming back next year that will continue to uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, carry that through and and teach the young guys. And we hope that everybody's coming back. No, when you you nice? can never know. You you never you just never know. I'm I, I get sick of predicting who's going to stay and who's going to leave and for what reasons. It's just um, you know, the slightest thing could set a kid off to the point where he's looking for greener pastures. I almost wish the NCAA would come up with something to help curb it. I don't know that they can. But it's problematic across the entire country, T. It's um, it's hard to watch because it's made for a worse product. Look at Purdue. That's a team that's kind of been together for a long mm-hmm. time, and they haven't been good. And all of a sudden, now they're a top 10 team just yeah. because they have some talent, and they, they've been together, and they're tough, and... You know they got some size. Uh, you know that Hammonds kid, the backup. Yeah, he was was a starter and a star three years ago or two years ago, and then became a malcontent last year because he wasn't seeing the floor with the new, the the other big kid in there. And now they both learn their roles and they both get about equal time, and everyone's happy. They're winning, but once they start losing, it'll probably go right, right. back down the tubes. You know, so. Uh, it, it's a t- difficult gig. There's only a few Michigan states and that type of teams out and, there. And even they struggled. Right. Did you see that game the other night? Who'd they play? Oakland? Oh, well, yeah. On a neutral court? And won Oakland's pretty good. Yeah, they are. Well, that guard is ridiculous. Well, isn't he yeah. good? Felder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's an absolute stud. That Damian Lee's pretty good from Louisville, too. Uh, it was... We were going after him at the same time we were going after Ike. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. From Drexel. Yes. And uh, we ended up with Ike. They ended up with Damian Lee and um, different players, but both have that same uh, swagger and confidence to their game. Boy, it's rough watching Ike put the ball on the floor sometimes, isn't it? I'd rather see him catch and shoot. He is so good at catching and shooting. Yeah. When he puts the ball down, ooh, it's can be rough. Um, Steven, hopefully we need to get him better for this conference run. Um, UNLV is not going to be successful if, if we do not have a healthy Steven Zimmerman. No, not not with good luck Okanobo bolting. I think um, Steven's health has to be a primary concern right now. I expect that he'll be ready for um, – um, Fresno, Fresno, but you, you know, I, I if if he's if there's any question, I'd hold him out and, and suck it up and, and wait for the road trip. But um, I, it, it's a shame because he played well in the Arizona game. He only played nine minutes, but he came out and he played grabbed really well. Six six points, three rebounds, a couple block shots, and he was just getting up and down the court. And you could see he was amped. He was ready to go. This was going to be. Um, a potential breakout game for him. And then, you know, he takes the knee and then the knee to the thigh. And it just, you know, I, I know some fans were questioning questioning how hurt he really was. Um, I'll say this. I, I got to see pictures of some things. And um, his knee, his, there is no structural damage to his knee it's not even a knee injury it's a thigh injury but you know he had some fluid drainage around that knee and it got pretty big and pretty ugly and i could see where um yeah it looked he, like a uh, yeah 
cantaloupe or watermelon yeah. compared to the other knee. Yeah, and it just th- there was if you saw those pictures, then you'd say I get why he wasn't able to go after that. Let's Plus, just say this: you couldn't tell there was a kneecap there. No, you couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> the, not at all. and the other knee was profound kneecap. Right. Yeah, <laughs> bony kneecap. Right, and the other one you couldn't even tell there was one there. So, uh, but you know, I thought UNLV um, they played pretty well in that game considering oh, they because they, they, not only did they fight but rice had to make a ton of adjustments without steven at all mm-hmm. um and foul trouble foul a big time foul trouble unlv had to go to his own at at one point and they did enough to keep the game tight mm-hmm. and, within uh, four with with a few minutes it, left, it, it, and then it was similar to a couple years ago when we visited arizona and kendall smith went down with uh, either a knee injury or yeah, cramps. You're right. Or it was one. It, it was the same type of thing. It was you know, there's three or four minutes left. UNLV's within two scores, and then it just gets away from you. And this game, I was absolutely myself. I was mortified by the officiating. I was absolutely. I mean, there's in the Arizona game. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect Arizona was more aggressive on the inside and getting to the hoop than, than UNLV was, and they should have got more free throws. But a disparity of what the, what was it? I think UNLV shot 14 free throws and Arizona with 39. Yeah, it was it was ugly. And there, there was that breakaway late in the game. Um, Seegers had the ball stolen by York on an inbound, I believe, and York had had a straight line, clear line all the way to the basket. And... Here comes Dave Hall trailing the play, whistles a foul. We've got the video on the site. Yeah. Not only wasn't a foul, I mean, he wasn't even close. It wasn't even close to a foul. He didn't touch him. There was no body contact. It was, it was, it was and not only that, Dave Hall would have been completely screened out if there were a foul because his he was dragging getting down. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, one of my friends was, was sitting at, at the game. Um, he was sitting with some Arizona fans, and he was talking to an older fan who'd been a huge Arizona fan his whole life, but he, he was older, so he's a little bit more um, grounded. You know, he's not a fanatic, you know, right. screw you guys, go home, and he's talking, and the game's tight, and, and he told my friend, you know you know who I'm talking about, and, and he told me, he says, you guys aren't going to win this game, and my friend's like, how do you know? He goes, well, you guys are playing pretty well, and it'll be close, but he goes, you're not going to win the game. You don't they don't win this many games at home in a row just by outplaying the other team. Arizona's going to get the calls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure enough, that happened. Well, once you see that crew, for now on, everybody, please pay attention to the crew. If you see three H's in the last name, pray. Pray. If if UNLV's on the court. Yeah. If UNLV's on the court. Or, or, or It doesn't matter who's on the court. Somebody's getting screwed. Yeah. Well, you don't know which team unless UNLV is on the court. And not in a screwed. good way. Did you see that that tweet I put out? Yeah, that was about amazing. The, how many fouls they call in UNLV compared games? to everybody else? Yeah, I you know I'm I'm gonna pull that up. You know, start talking about something else. I'm gonna pull up that tweet. Those stats just blew me away. Yeah, and and that was the same same crew we had at Wichita State as well. Yes, which was a really 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 difficult game to watch in terms of real choppy. Yeah, no, I think uh, final score is what fifty-five to fifty or fifty-five, fifty-one, something like that. But Wichita shot a ton of free throws in that game, and and, and UNLV didn't. Yeah, and and, and this and this is what what I dug up. Yeah, for Arizona, Arizona and Wichita State, UNLV had the same three referees: Hall, Higgins, and Harris. In those 
two games, UNLV shot 27 free throws. The opposition shot 61. UNLV had 49 fouls. The opposition had 33. Now that may... You know, it's a small sample size, but let's extend the sample size and look at how UNLV's done on the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. UNLV shot 244 free throws. The opponents have shot 192. And UNLV's had 202 fouls, and the opponents have had 225. Mm-hmm. So it's just a huge discrepancy. And, and I know that um, I'm going to look a little bit more, more closely at who the officiating crew is in a particular game and pay closer attention to see if, if UNLV starts getting screwed. And if they do, I hope Rice picks up another technical. Yeah. I hope he jumps on him and gets another technical because you just can't, if you feel you're being really wronged, I don't think you, you could just let them run wild and do it, call whatever they want to call. No, you can't. Yeah. And, and you got to fight for your guys because they to. feel like they're being wronged. I mean, T, you know not as well as I do. There's calls that could go. You could say, yeah, that's a foul. That's not a foul. And I don't have a problem with those. But when they all pile up against you, mm-hmm. when they're fouls like that and they're not called on the other end, then it starts to be a sore spot and it becomes an advantage. And and I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I thought, um, you know, Miller did a good job taking advantage. He, he recognized he had an advantage sure with it. And it's not like you're going to tap the ref on the shoulder and say, listen, you know, you got to even this up. You're giving us too many calls. No, you take advantage of whatever's in front of you. And Arizona certainly did that. And they they became more and more aggressive and they got to the line more and more. Yep. Yeah. And they've been a guard-oriented and finesse team all year. Yeah. And that night they they attacked us because (laughs) they knew uh, they were going to go to the stripe a lot. And... That first half was just miserable in terms of. Uh, it felt like everybody on the team had three fouls at that that half. Oh yeah, right? it was it was just rough. Was when, when Ben got his gotten foul trouble and we had no Steven, it was you have to go to the zone and, and you're just you're just trying to hang around and keep it tight and hope that you could get a spurt that puts you ahead and then you could hang on. Jones that's, playing against the veteran Anderson. Yeah, it was just difficult night. And it it doesn't help when you have two guys. On Arizona, career highs, career highs sure. which is something UNLV is very accustomed to. So, so now, uh, but I, I wasn't unha- unpleased with the effort and the focus, oh. especially coming off the second half of the Arizona State game. Um, I thought UNLV was engaged the entire game against Arizona. Absolutely, and and we rebounded, we defended, we had some spurts, um, we hit some pretty pretty clutch shots. And we didn't get much from Pat McCall in that game, and, no. and still hung around, and and uh, was right there at the end. And and Arizona just pulled away, uh, like good teams do at home, like you said. Um, with conference play coming up this weekend, though, mm-hmm. or this week, excuse me, on Wednesday night we host Fresno. Uh, I think it's time we we start breaking down where you think UNLV. Can finish, will finish. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, Joe. Um, I'm either going to be a genius or a complete idiot with my prediction because it's an extreme prediction. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say 14 and four. I think UNLV will finish 14 and four in conference, but to be honest, I think they're going to finish 15 and three. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say UNLV finishes 15, 15 and three. 3. Of course, this is based on, you know, you got to get Zim back and all things being equal. You know, you can't start losing key guys. And, and, sure. And We're expect, not going to hold you to it but, if we lose right. two or three guys yeah. to injury. Yeah. Um, but those types of things, I think the makeup of this team's a little bit different. I think the focus is better, even though we saw a lack of it for two 20-minute halves, I'd say, this year against uh, Arizona State and the previous game at Riverside. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I I think I think the Rebels will win conference. So and you, I, and you, I, you think UNLV's more like the team against South Dakota and less like the team against Arizona? You State. know, South Dakota was because uh, we do have a few Arizona State style or type of teams. Sure, in sure, we do. Less. No, I, I, yeah, I think they're more like that. I don't think they're exactly that because they played really well. I mean, they played – UNLV's not going to play near-perfect basketball. No team's going to play near the top of their game every game. So um, if, if if UNLV plays at about 75% of what they played at a South Dakota – or against South Dakota, uh, yeah, I think I think they'll, they'll, they'll do well in league. But I, I think we'll know early, too. Worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario for the Rebels, I'd go with 12-6. and six. Finished five hundred last year. Yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, yeah. Just reminding yeah, you. But worst but, case scenario. Huh? Yeah. Worst case scenario. We also had two teams that were that busted through and were really high on their wins in the conference and got um, at large invites. So yeah, I mean the league's down, and I, I don't think UNLV is going to go necessarily fifteen and three because everybody else is so bad. I think I think UNLV. I, I, T, you saw the article I wrote at the beginning of the season. I picked UNLV to finish first in conference before we knew the rest of the Mountain West sucked. Mm-hmm. This was before any games were even played this year. I, I had, I would gotten know. progressively worse. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Jeez, November I'm, was actually not bad. Yeah, December's just every December, flaw's yeah. been I mean, freaking magnified. It's amazing that I mean, for Christmas, I, New Mexico fans got a goose egg. That's what. That's amazing. Essentially, what they got. That they went and down there and finished dead last in a tournament. Not, not only that, but you lose by twenty-five and thirty points. Yeah. And then there's and all sorts one of, of in BYU. If we lost to thirty, you, you know, BYU I wanted to see them be, beat oh. the hell out of BYU. I just wanted to see them. You know how I feel about BYU. Yeah. The two teams on the bottom of my list, even below Duke and Reno, are San Diego State and BYU. Whoa. Yeah. Blow They're one and the same, except. One fan base, you know, they drink and have premarital sex. The other one doesn't, but they're the same fan base. Or at least they claim to not. Yeah, it's it's that arrogance and, you know, holier than thou and all that good garbage. All right. that, we have a lot of uh, Mormons yeah. here in Las Vegas. Well, it, it has Rebel nothing fans. to do with Mormons. It has everything to do with attitude. I don't give a crap what religion they are. Oh, okay. You know. Yes. BYU uh, fans are certainly the worst in terms of crying. Yeah, they 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 whine. Yes, they I, do. They they whine, they whine really well. Hey, you, Jamal Eight's Jamal Eight's got some minutes there. He's oh, starting oh, to get to get some minutes. Good. Yeah, he looked actually not so bad. Yeah, decent. we could have used him. Yeah, we could have. We could have used a lot of players, but yeah. you know. Oh well, it's so. Uh, how, how do you think UNLV is going to fare in conference? All right, so I'm I'm going to say best case scenario. Um, I think best case is fourteen and four. Okay. First place, and 
hopefully win it by a game, uh-huh. potentially tied for the league first place at 14 and 4. Um, worst case, this team struggles out of the gates with that uh, front range road trip and resort back to the get mine attitude. Yeah, now, I don't think that's going to happen I don't because either, yeah. I, lo- I really like the players on this team yeah. and I don't see any me first guys. Um, but we've seen it happen before. But we've seen it happen a lot before. Where, where we hit some adversity and then all of a sudden... The wheels come off. We we show up one game. We don't go and play the next game. We show up for a half. We don't show up for a half. Um, I think we have a bunch of guys on this team that really don't like to lose, so I think it helps. Um, we also have some guys on this team that they're comfortable with their roles as a role player. I really like where Dwayne's at. I like where Jordan's kind of getting to right now. I, I think he's playing better. Uh, I can be a real thorn in people's sides, I think, during the Mountain West because teams are probably going to focus most of their attention on Pat and, and Steven and Ben, and uh, I think I can have some monster games. So I'm going to say worst-case scenario, would I say 8-8? Eight and eight? Well, we have 18 games. Or so 9 and 9. 9 and 9 is worst case. Worst case. Yeah, if it gets that, the season will be a disaster and and then it'll be if if UNLV and Boise if one, those teams don't hit that 13, 14, 15 wins in conference, then I'm pretty sure it's going to be a one bid conference and that's going to go to the Mountain West tournament winner, which will be just an a knockdown, drag down, crazy tournament. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, I mean, when there's, whew, yeah. And, and to be honest, I'd sit here and break down the teams, but Joe, I don't have a lot of good things to say about any of these teams. No, I, I mean, mean the, the, if if we're just gonna have a topic of discussion based on um, expectations, whether above or below, on conference teams, it would we'd be the whole thing would be focused on New Mexico, I think, and San Diego State, especially San Diego State. Yeah, um, I mean, seven and six, and losing to some of the teams they've lost to, and and Pope, who, you know, I picked as Player of the Year. Yeah, how bad's <laughs> that? Look? You know, I I go out on limbs, T. Sometimes they're right, and sometimes they make me look like an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot anyway, but that that just yeah, kind of you whiffed, it. and and I would have never said that because. Just seeing them that one time oh, yeah. in that high school yeah. event oh, you, where me and Scrub you, you, you went saw, to. You saw him and, be horrible. And he was God healthy awful. and playing against really average competition, and he was awful. You, you know, I attributed it to I saw enough glimpses last year showing that he could be a big-time player, and then I naturally assumed that the staff at San Diego State was going to be able to get the most out of them because they've done that with their players. They have. For the most part. But um, they've never really had one and done or two. And he played last year, and, and he was kind of under the radar because he was coming off that injury in Kawhi. high school. And, no, Kawhi stayed all four years. Kawhi played two. No way. Kawhi played four years. Did he play four years? Yeah. Okay. 
At, at, at the worst, he played three. And um, all offseason, all we heard was Pope is a first-rounder, possible lottery pick. For a guy that probably played, what, 12, 15 minutes a year last yeah, year? Yeah, it, it was low. It was low. You know, I don't know. It's uh, He got a lot of hype. Sometimes that goes to your head. And uh, he hadn't really played a full season in three years. Right. I mean, Kawhi, you know, he played two seasons at, UN, at, at San Diego State before going pro. No way. T, I got it right here in front of me. Now stop it. I'm... I'm, Boy, it felt like he was there forever. He was he, only a he, sophomore. He, he had a huge impact on that program. My goodness, biggest hands I've ever seen. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never seen Andre the Giant's hands, but man, they can't be that much bigger than Kawhi's. Well, I kind of figured Pope was going to follow the same trajectory. Not that they're similar players. They're but not at ju- all. No, no. But I just figured, you know, they're 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 really gonna pump him up and get him to be a team leader and all that. And obvi- and you know, I don't know what's going on over there at San Diego State, but it doesn't sound good. Winston Shepard, um, you know, he's not playing well at all. And in fact, those guys are, if I'm not mistaken, they're coming off the bench, both of them. <laughs> so, good which God. which to me is coaches trying to reach players and send a message that we need you guys to step up. And so far, they haven't responded. But that's one of the reasons why I won't quite count San Diego State out. Now, you know and I know, we've seen it firsthand at UNLV. Sometimes players cannot be reached, and they'll just they'll go deeper into a hole, and they'll drag down the whole team with them. Mm. And that's not necessarily the coach's fault. Um, it, I guess it could be the coach's fault for not getting rid of a kid. Um, but sometimes kids are kids, and they'll just they'll drag everything down with them, and they just don't care that that's what they're doing. We've seen it, and, and I don't know how these two will end up responding. If they both respond positively, I think San Diego State will be a factor. I really do. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and their I, freshmen are pretty decent. They are. Yeah. Hemsley and, and Cheatham. They, they got some players. Um, if you can't score, you can't score. Yeah, but they haven't been able to score for years. Yeah, but it, it's really exaggerated this I, year. I know, but it was really exaggerated they, last they got, year, too, T. Because at least all those other years, they had one guy that you knew could get them some points if they needed points. Agreed. I agree with that. Um, Who's that guy this year? I don't Winston? know. No. no. Only against UNLV. Yeah. Only against UNLV. But, no, the difference is their defense hasn't been nearly what it's been. It's 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 doesn't buy him wins like it did in the past with a poor offense. Now their offense is just as bad, maybe a little bit worse, but their defense is clearly a step or two down. They lost a lot defensively with Poli mm-hmm. leaving. Not leaving, but graduating. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, it was more than him because he only played half the year last year. Yeah, but I mean, he had a major impact on well, two seasons. Yeah, and he, and he sure did against us in that zone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Defensively, um, him and Winston... As, as a tandem on that full court press, when they trap you, boy, yeah, they were just lights out, and they, and they were quick enough to get back, yeah, and uh, with Spencer back there and guarding the rim, so we'll see. Uh, I, I, but you agree with me? You, you do think it's going to come down to Boise State and UNLV at the top? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't even know if Boise will, will be there at the end. I don't know how good Boise is. 
Seen him play a couple times. Uh, I think they're. I and think I've seen him get waxed a couple times. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, not having marks does hurt him. Yeah, they don't have a guy that can just get the get the hoop. Yeah, do the dirty scary and get to the hoop and get the free throws and that sort of thing when there there's a shooting some because obviously they shoot a ton of outside shots. Yeah, there's going to be games where a couple of key guys are off and and they're not going to look so good. And we've seen a couple of games like that already this year. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know. I think they've they've got enough there. Tour full challenge for sure. If UNLV loses one Mountain West home game, I'm going to be disappointed. Let me just say that. Well, we've already won, lost one non-conference game against if a team UNLV, that would. If UNLV I, loses I, one Mountain West, I'll home game. I'll be disappointed game. too. I'll, I I will be disappointed because you get you get nine home games, nine road games, and that that's. I think UNLV should go nine and zero on the road, and I really think that they will go. Six and three on the road. And I think the biggest threat is Wednesday night. Probably so. I, I would I'd agree. I, I think this stretch is incredibly, incredibly important. First of all, I don't have the stats in front of me, but UNLV historically has started out, out conference play all oh. the way back to to Spoonhauer. It's like one and two right. every freaking year. And, and, and you end up chasing, but you don't even get in the chase because you lose – Two out of the next three, also. Yeah. Or you, 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 you might win two out of three, but the one you dropped was at home to Air Force or to Reno. It's, it just, it never starts out good, and then it gets a little bit worse before it tapers off and they start. Yeah, it, you know. it, it sounds really crazy, but if, and it's a big if, if UNLV can go and win at Colorado State and at Wyoming. And beat Fresno. Well, and I already said okay, I'd be disappointed with no them. home games. If they can win at Colorado State and at Wyoming, they've already got a big leg up on the, uh, on the a, lead it, because it, no one's going to win many road games this year. No, I, I I agree with you. Well, no, I think people will win road games, but I think they'll drop home games too Probably. Is, is the difference. Probably. Um, and, yeah, I think if they could get through that and go 3-0, they'll, they'll, they'll be the favorites to win the conference and yeah, because everybody else will be two and one or one so and two. What, what is that? January fifth or something like that. We're <laughs> yeah. done. So by January fifth, I think um, if UNLV's two and one, they'll still be okay. If UNLV's one and two, it's you know let's start resting guys for the Mountain West tournament. I hate <laughs> to say it, but that's kind of what it starts to look like. Good God. So and um, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, but of course the Mountain West favor and their due diligence, they decided to give UNLV the at Colorado, at Wyoming, back-to-back games, like in the old Mountain West and in the old WAC. Boy, I like those days. You, yeah, you, you may have, but I don't like that UNLV is the only team that has to make that trip. <laughs> Thanks, Craig Thompson. Now, along with the at-Wichita game, which the Mountain I – don't, I, I don't know what the Mountain West has out for UNLV, but they've screwed them on a couple of occasions this year with scheduling. Um, and while well, I do know why, but I think I know why. But it doesn't matter. They just keep screwing you. They keep screwing with UNLV. But you know what? You're going to hit adversity, some bad luck along the way, no matter what you do. And and in the end, they all play each other once at home, once on the road. So, almost all. Yeah, almost all. I don't. I don't even know who our spare games against this year. San Jose. I think we played San Jose here once. Yeah. So that's the game they give us. Yeah. The the sure to win team. I don't want to play them twice. 
Well, no. That but, game at the Mac last year against San Jose was one of the worst games I've seen in my life. Yeah, but so boring. But what I'm saying is it's it's a sure two wins on your schedule, but UNLV gets them once, everybody else gets them twice. Thanks, yeah, Mountain West. Fine. Yeah, I know it's fine, but it's just a demonstration. Who wants to play San Jose twice? I tell you what, wouldn't you be happy to play at San Jose and um, take away a San Diego State game? No, and and you're you're no, but wouldn't you like to be up one game in the standings and you play at San Jose the last game of the season? You'd you'd love to play San you'd love to play San Jose then, wouldn't you? Yeah, sacrificial Spartans. Yeah, yeah, that's all we need. Hawk writing an article (laughs) like that. So I don't know. I think it's going to be good. I, I feel. I'd say better than than I did this time last year, heading into conference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel a I lot feel of it's confident. Gonna, a lot of it's. I'm 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 not worried about Stephen. I know he's going to be back, and they're going to bring him back when he's healthy. But like you said, UNLV absolutely needs him. They need Ben. They they need they need everybody. I mean, they they really do. But those two guys, I just think the Rebel offense functions so much better. Agreed. When. Both of them are in the game, and if not both, if one of them are in the game, I just think the ball moves better. You get better shots, and um, UNLV's going to need that. They, they really are. They can't have these offensive periods of five-minute stagnation and and win games. No, that, that it's a killer. No one's going to win when they only make, what, three or four field goals a half, it felt like. I think it was a total six or seven, but so, yeah, it was, we, it was we went. Bad. Two stretches of over eight minutes without a bucket. Yeah. Are you going to really blame that on coaching? Two stretches of eight minutes without a bucket? Do you think that zone was that tough? No. No, it wasn't. It it was just, uh, it was one of those nights. And we felt good the first half. Gave it away in the second. It's going to be interesting. I plan on putting on some dancing shoes. Yeah, I do too. I really do. I don't think that there's a lot of believers in that right now. I'm maybe it's just me being hopeful, but usually I'm a pessimist. You you know that. Um, Rebel, you can mark this down, folks. Rebel bones are saying. Turning. I didn't say that, and I'll let you know after the first three games. Okay. Okay. If UNLV goes three and zero, I'm gonna I'll, I'll take some time off in March. Well, we play <clears throat> we play on Saturday, right? No, Wednesday. But and then Saturday as well, right? Uh, that's the game at Colorado State, and I think it's so. I, I think me and Joe are going to have to come back here next Saturday well, night after the Colorado State game. What time's that? That tip? Well, let's let's take a look at that to make sure. Go ahead, keep talking. And then uh, I think we'll come back, and either we're going to be really positive about or, the way things are going right now, or. We're going to just basically say no more podcasts for the next month. Isn't that what we did last year? I mean, we were really rolling those first couple of years with the podcast. A we week. were rolling. Um, it looks like UNLV. What, what? Oh, it's a late game. At Colorado State next week? Yeah. What's that mean? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the time zone is on this. It says 10 o'clock, and I'm assuming that'll be 8 o'clock our time, right? No, wow. Aren't they a one-hour time difference? What uh, what site are you on? Uh, ESPNs. I'll, I'll go to another yeah, site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be 7 o'clock our time. Oh, okay. So that's They're on the Eastern. Okay. So, but still, playing a, a later game at Colorado State is, is fine with me. So then that means this doesn't make sense. Um, no, set. 
Colorado State's a Wednesday game. Team. Okay. So we go Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, so so that that's where I was getting mixed a week up. off, huh? Yeah. So you play Fresno, you get a week off to prepare for that Mountain or that Front Range. Uh, okay, game. Well, I'll take that. And then a Saturday, three o'clock game against Wyoming is what it is. That'll be a joy. Yeah. So um, I, I guess we could probably pop out. Yeah, Saturday two podcast with, with no game. We can do it anytime we want next Saturday. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, we could. Well, we could do it Saturday and then the following Saturday after we play Wyoming. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think really we'll have a good feel for um, where we're going to be. Where we're going to be. And, and actually, I think a, a lot of the um, rest of the Mountain West Conference we're going to see. I mean, if San Diego comes out and they're, they're going to stub their toe in a couple of games early, you know, then, then I'll have the belief that the monster's dead for the yes. season. Um, but, yeah, that sounds good. All right. Well, folks. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed my predictions better than Joe's because they're better. Uh, and you were, you picked them to win conference last year. That's probably true. I pick them to win conference every year. And then about the halfway point of conference, I say, well, can't wait for next year. Yeah, when's football season start? <laughs> uh, so, folks, we'll be back. Enjoy that Fresno game. Come out, and uh, the, fan, or the players will definitely need a big crowd and – uh, we can always get on Cesar Guerrero. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll talk next Saturday night, and hopefully we'll be 1-0 in Mountain West Conference action. Sounds good. you pick three steps, Keith. These are the first three keys to the Rebel Seat. Okay.